Revolution Pink bonus episode, Characters with Abel and Lola. Hello and welcome to Solution Pink. I'm your host Hannah Wyman and I'm very excited to announce that you are listening to the bonus episode. (laughs) Thank you so much to each and every one of you for tuning in each week because we love making this and sharing this with you and it means so much to us that you keep coming back and listening. So thank you, thank you, thank you. In this episode, we are going to divulge some very exciting things about our favourite Rev series characters and our favourite characters from other fandoms. And we're going to play some games. It's going to be amazing. And so without further ado, presenting my wonderful guests, Elsie Hamilton and Apple. Woo! That is right. The king and queen of Rev series. <laughs> um, <laughs> so here we go. Elsie Hamilton, a.k.a. Lola Gigi, is our head writer and author and big bad boss of all things Rev and goes by she, her and he, him pronouns. Abel, a.k.a. Saji, is our creative directive of all things Rev and Lola's wonderful thought buddy and goes by she, her pronouns. Oh, welcome back to both of you. Let's just kick off about like a general chat about, I think, just characters and I guess like what they they mean to us in like a general sense of like your favorite fandoms, your favorite books, like because for me I know that like characters are like my favorite parts of the books of of Rev series of most fandoms I'm in. I love characters so much because I love following their story and I fall in love with with every good looking man that I <laughs> approach. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a long line of uh you know fictional husbands but you know it's that kind of there's something really like magical about finding a a new character that you relate to or that you you love or makes you laugh and it's just a really like wonderful thing so like if you would like both of you like to just talk about what what that sort of means to you that would be amazing who's going first (laughs) you go you go (laughs) so um the characters are always the first thing that catches me so it doesn't matter if a tv show or a book is like not that good if there is a character i kind of like uh i'm going to to like it (laughs) (laughs) so um that happens a lot it started with uh let's go very far back into the 2000s with supernatural I'm in the original fandom I grew up in. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I don't know what else to say to that. (laughs) I felt like we needed some sort of like dream music of like, let's go back in time. (laughs) No, I mean, you all know that Supernatural was running for a long, 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 long time. And the story itself, yeah, let's just put that aside. But there were so many good characters in that story that I just kept watching it. But uh, there's one character in particular I really like. It's Ruvina, the witch. (laughs) I don't know. She's like kind of uh, the description of tough, cool woman that just does what she wants without any, how do you say that? Uh, without thinking about the consequences 
and without caring about other people's opinion. And that's why I really stuck to her. And that's why I really still love her. I still love her. Even if, spoiler, she got killed like five times. <laughs> no, I, I don't, I've never watched Supernatural. I know the vague premise of like um, Sam and Dean. Um, and there's there's Ca- Castile, is that right? Or Cass? Is, yeah. So I know, yeah. The, I know sort of what goes on. But from what I've been told, I feel like everyone just dies and comes back to life like 12,000 times. I feel like that's just kind of that, the premise of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that uh, it began with that and it just goes through all uh, all kind of productions I watched. Uh, it's always the tough, cool girls who can do shit. Yeah. <laughs> so that's also, I, 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 I identify with it because... Uh, I won't say I'm like that too, but I kind of am. <laughs> <laughs> she tries to be. Hey! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> At least I look like I could kill people. <laughs> Until someone hears you laugh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, yeah, that's the downside of a podcast. Um, you guys don't see me, but I look very terrifying. <laughs> She really does. Like, I feel like she's going to come out of the screen and eat me. So, you know. <laughs> no, she looks wonderful and beautiful. I'm like, my eyes are spoiled. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, stop it, you. now and then when the Bellfire versus Killian chat comes up that's when we're screaming to each other so we'll be friends for now <laughs> yeah I could really jump onto that because Bellfire is my favorite character in the ref series that's also the reason what, what I said before because she's just such a tough cool just she doesn't care you know and I really like that and her fashion style is of course chef's kiss <laughs> yeah definitely and I think as well you kind of like even if say like your favorite character isn't like a resemblance of you you kind of I think sometimes you pick that person because that's how you want to be or that's how you feel that you want to see yourself as and yeah like absolutely like I remember when (laughs) this was a while ago I really got into Buffy and I was like binge watching it and you know when you're in a binge watching cycle and then you you eventually leave your house I was like walking down the street in London thinking I was Buffy going oh my god vampires oh my god who knows (laughs) (laughs) you're in Tesco chill out it's like obviously there isn't gonna be Angel like behind the cereal I love it love it love it (laughs) oh my god you know that's also the cool thing about cosplay you can just choose whatever character you want and that's this is the funny thing about me I I myself I am a clown I am definitely a clown but my cosplay characters they are always these I let's say scary bitches and it's like (laughs) I have a split personality when when I look at my cosplay characters and, and at myself it's like a two different worlds, and it's it's funny I I love it <laughs> that's so interesting no it's true like I mean I usually identify mostly with like the hero I guess like the hero tropes and stuff like I'm always kind of on the good side of things and that's kind of who I identify with so all my characters are like I don't know like if 
yeah like if i was to cosplay a harry potter character it would be from order of the phoenix or that sort of thing it would never i would never do a death eater because i just know in my in my heart of hearts i would never be a death eater like i just <laughs> just couldn't do it i'm just too like yay <laughs> Yeah. How about you, Lola? You you weigh weigh in on this. Mm, I mean, generally speaking about characters, it's similar to uh, Saji. I think a character is definitely some someone that can save certain things for you when the storyline is kind of like not what you're looking into. Um, but for me, it also goes really hand in hand, like. I'm gonna say this and it might be cut. <laughs> but for example, Riverdale. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I think, for example, Riverdale has great characters, mm -hmm. but some of the storylines. Yeah. I really wanna be on the reader table and like see their process of why certain things happen in that TV show. Um but for, at the end of the day, you know, I, I think, because like sometimes people ask me like, why are you still watching Riverdale? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's been five seasons, my favorite <laughs> season one. I don't know what happened these last four seasons. Um, Same. <laughs> so, and you know, sometimes you have that. And like similar with Supernatural, I'm also a Supernatural OG. Like if I think back of like one of the first fandoms, definitely Supernatural is one of them. I was certainly like, 13, 14, when I started yeah. watching season one and two in, in TV and was way too young to actually... 2006. It aired 2006 in Germany. Imagine this. Oh my yeah, God, yeah. how long has this yeah, been? Something like that. Something like that. I remember uh, there's a... The, the TV um, channel Pro Sieben does it and or did it and like you know you always had this like oh it, it comes after 10 though so you have to stay up and, and stuff like that and like back then the first two seasons were hella scary like I was watching mm. them wait like that was even before I understood what hell of a spiritual connection I have in life <laughs> But some of the episodes gave me a trauma, certainly. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> coming back to the character thing. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, characters goes hand in hand with story. Like, if these two don't balance itself, or if these two don't, like, have somewhat a great connection to it, then it's really hard to follow either way. Um, like, I mean, the, the, the good thing with the characters is, like, if you have a good... Or like if you have a somewhat okay plot, but you have a good diversity or like a good interesting diversity in all kinds of aspects for characters, that can sometimes save a TV show mm -hmm. um, or like movie or something like that. Um, or even in a book series, because like I think especially when you read in a wide range, like for example, if Game of Thrones wouldn't have such great diversity of characters in, in a sense... I don't think I would have read or like got into it because the baseline is literally who's going to be on the throne. Mm -hmm. So like the very baseline is just like, yeah, obviously you have a couple, like you have like different families and different houses. And at the end of the day, it's all about who's going to be the king. Right. Or like, so that's not a, obviously like, it's also this thing of like, every story has been out there before so how are we going to make it interesting to tell it in a new way and aspect and um i think that's when game of thrones did something really clever because like i don't think 
there's a character in there that like anyone can identify with someone from Game of Thrones. Because um, I'm, for example, I tend to go with characters that are kind of like the wild card, the sidekicks, the the ones that don't necessarily go into a trope of like the good guy or the bad guy, like someone in between. Like I never like it's really like even even when I started with anime and stuff, I was never hundred percent interested in the like main characters. I was like, yeah, but I came more about that character that you see like two hundred chapters later, and even though it's just like for two scenes uh, or something like that. And same like if I think about how I got in, into the Marvel universe. I had the worst start on that actually, um, but like because I I separate the Spider Verse and the Marvel Universe in a sense because like the yeah. Spider Verse is kind of like a thing on its own. Um, so my first experience was actually the Avengers movie, which was <laughs> such a strange start because I remember my friends and I we got into Marvel together, and back then it was the massive discussion about like. So you like Captain America? What's wrong with you? And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, excuse me, just because you all are partying over Iron Man, can I just like have my five minutes of enjoying Captain America? Like, um, but at the same time, I was really interested in seeing Loki uh, on screen because I was like. I think he's not a great villain, like in a sense that that's another topic that I'm, uh, I can get to later, but um. At the same time, I was like, yeah, why is he one of the most interesting people in there? Like, this is really confusing to me. And I, at that time, I had no idea whatsoever about the Marvel Universe. Like, I didn't know that it was all somewhat connected and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's. I think characters are so essential on, like, how we get to start to understand certain, you know, universes and stuff. And, like, because I think... The thing with the storyline is you will never have a storyline that is 100% interesting for everyone because it obviously it's connected to like our emotional background or like our personal background just in general. Um, so when it comes to picking characters as well, I think there are two baselines here. It's either you're going to identify with someone that has similar experience to what you had been through um on an emotional level or is this thing of like why is this person me but like not even with like from the background or something but just the basic characteristics or the the like for example if you put characters into zodiac signs or if you give them certain like key factors or like houses or stuff like I think a great character is one that you can always transform into a different universe. So, for example, if we take Killian, Jagger, and Relaine, and we are able to put them into the Harry Potter universe or Doctor Who or Supernatural, and they are having a place there, then you have a solid ground character. Because that's how it essentially, like, that's how you can essentially know how deep layered your character is as well. Because, like, for example, if if we go with the Harry Potter universe, if I already kind of like struggle with the idea of like I don't know what house they are that means also deep down you don't know which character core you have there so it's kind of this thing that some like it's super interesting to see how we connect to these characters and I think like I speak for a lot of people here when I say that some of these fictional characters have literally saved our lives by telling their stories in books tv shows and movies because you know Sometimes it's hard to find the people in life that have similar experience, but if you read it in a book or a TV show or move or you see it on a movie, 
that's also essentially as valid as someone that has the same experience like in real life because like just it, it's on paper or it's on on the movie it's there it's it's seen and it's so essential that some stories are told through that because sometimes that can essentially save someone's life because this person is like oh my god this character went through the same stuff as me even though i've never talked about this with someone you know like even if it's just you know the coming out or like or whatever it is like it's so essential that we tell these stories out there so people get to see how what what it means with characters and yeah so characters are the essential like with a story together it's the essential core of you know what makes a universe great and why it's so important that like yeah yeah that's my that's my statement no it was, it was <laughs> lovely no it's really great and like yeah, I guess with characters as well, you want you want somebody to root for in a sense. Like if if you watch like a sports match, you're and it, your favorite team is playing, you're obviously going to root for them. Whereas if it's two teams that you don't really care that much about, you might just have it on in the background just to see what the score is or whatever. And I think that's so true of what you've just said for like you know a lot of like you might enjoy it, but it's not your favorite. So like that might be the episode you just put on in the background or that might be the part of the book that you skim through. But I have to say, I'm so glad you're the, you're the one that also like kind of flips ahead just to see, okay, in 20 pages, my favorite character's <laughs> coming back because I do that. But do you know how many spoilers I have come across from doing that? I'm like my own <laughs> worst enemy. Like, I'm pretty sure that's how I found out Finnick was going to die in the Hunger Games. And I was like, <laughs> what have I done? I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. Oh, it's awful. Um, yeah, like it's such a and like for me, like um, I don't know if you've ever watched The Good Place, but I think the characters are brilliant. But after the first season, I was just like, I don't really care what's happening. Like, I feel like it's kind of run its course, but they're just the actors and the characters are just phenomenal. That I just want to keep just watching them because they're so great. Um. And yeah, and it's just oh, and Riverdale. <laughs> it's funny though, because when I talked about it with Jesse, oh God love you, Jesse, uh, my other Riverdale big super fan, we we literally will be like, oh, like what if us split? Do you remember when this happened? We were like, wait, sorry, what? That happened? Like so many random things happen in that show that you just can never remember them all. Like and things like get fixed in like an off-screen line or just like one little line is said and that's fixed and you just, you miss stuff. It's just such a a weird and wonderful show. Um, yeah, um, just going off what you said about the, the Harry Potter houses as well, um, I think it's really interesting that for Rev series characters, you've given them all horoscopes. I think that's so cool that you've really like. It was my idea. Oh, 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 Apple, you sneaky dark horse. Okay, hold on, hold on. No, no. Remember, said, I said. Yeah, you said it, you said it's a great idea that we add that, but it was already there. So yeah, because I already knew that Killian was a Sagittarius like me. <laughs> <laughs> we're back at the tension <laughs> Try so hard to behave <laughs> I mean, yeah the, the, the thing is just for me um whether it's like you know horoscopes or hogwarts houses or uh districts from hunger games or whatever it is i think when it comes to character work for me and like my character work has no outline 
I have days <laughs> or like I have days where I'm literally thinking about a line that a character could say. And then I like sometimes it starts from there and I'm like, that's such a great line. But there's no character that would say that that I have created yet. And I can't say it in this moment. I have a character archive over 300 hundred characters. So all of the years where I started creating characters, I started to make like um, folders and stuff to like just note them down. And it's um, some of the characters that you're going to meet in Rev, they have been with me for these 12 years. Um, and actually Killian and Jaguar are one of the newest ones that I created. So that's crazy. Just thinking, like, I think the oldest characters that so far from who you're going to meet is kind of like Relaine, um, Crush, who's Belfire's brother. And then, <laughs> let me think, let me think, let me think, Theodorka. I think they are some of the oldest characters that I have that I threw in there. Because I've been writing so much, like, whether it's my own stories, whether it's role plays with others together. And, like, sometimes it's, sometimes the thing for me is also I start creating characters based on a different fandom. Which is kind of like this thing, because sometimes I start thinking of, you know, I want to create characters. So I throw them into a different fandom. And that's how I start getting the first ideas and, like, see how they would, what they would do in that world. Mm -hmm. And I think, coming back to the statement I gave earlier... I think that's such an essential thing to do because I always think in crossovers or like what will happen if this person is, you know, like in a zombie apocalypse or what is what's what what they do, how would they react, what's their social status, what's the moral compass, uh, and stuff like that. So with the horoscopes, um, it was the first like I've been working with this book called. Uh, what's find your voice i believe yeah it's called find your voice and it really gives you a good idea on outline on how to work with characters and like how to create characters how to structure your world and stuff and to be honest with character work there is no essential outline i have like sometimes i have this cliche of like let's sit down let's write some notes on characters and then the other times i i see this tv show and i'm like I wonder what this character would do in this world. And then that's how I how, how I note down notes and stuff. And um, sometimes it's also for me to think of like, and this is a big thing, because <laughs> I don't like to to label my pairings in, in my books. That's an essential thing for me in Ref. Um, I don't like to label my pairings because if you think that there is a pairing in this book that you can see clearly as canon, I guess it's canon then. And otherwise, it's just... (laughs) (laughs) Hannah is having a heart attack. (laughs) Oh my god. I think, I don't know how much longer I can be in this episode. (laughs) And then otherwise, there will be, like, if you ask me about certain character things, like, for example, if someone, like, you know, with some labels, obviously I put them out there when it comes to the sexuality and gender and like, for example, a Jaguar Lancaster is not suddenly turning into a bisexual or heterosexual or any kind of sexual person from what he has been given on this ground in the book. But you know, fan fiction is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and if you feel like want to tell a different story from a different 
kind of universe perspective, then then go for it. Just because I don't share that belief, you know, like this is the great thing about the universe that we create. Sometimes it leaves enough space for other inspiration or like for other people to to see a bigger picture. Um, please don't ship Killian and Jagger. That's gonna give me goosebumps. <laughs> You triggered it. You no, triggered it. <laughs> Don't say anything um, anymore. <laughs> you know, because um, so so it's it's this thing that sometimes like for me sometimes it also comes with with this thing uh, of of pairing creation because like especially in a world like this where it's kind of like you know not the daily routine nine to five kind of situation. I never felt or I, I didn't see the point of like, you know, saying like they are official or this is you have some official pairings. I think there's one that I mentioned in the first book, which are stated to be official by me. But it's this thing of like, you know, it, it's not going to be like, oh, yeah, they're a pairing now and now they're going to go on dates and now they're going to have like fun time in cinema and like all that kind of stuff. We're still an orphan fantasy magical world you know like you have to see that aspect and there are some characters where it's I, I think I would just limit them if I, if I just put a label on that I'm saying like you know things like Katniss and Peter or uh, Tristan Four, which are great pairings don't get me wrong um but it's not this thing of like you're gonna have just one that one pairing or it's just gonna be that one thing and they are like endgame forever um, also, I think Phantom Wars are the biggest bullshit out there. I said what I said. Because, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, like, you know, at the end of the day, if uh, I'm, I'm going to say it right here and right now that the 100 Phantom, but to be honest, it's not the good side of the Phantom that I see here, is, has been one of my most traumatic experiences when it comes to Phantom shipping wars. And it's just... My God, guys, get off Tumblr and Twitter if you have nothing else to do than having a massive discussion about if it's Klexa or Blark. So, same thing for the ref series. Um, just, yeah, if it's your truth, then here you go at the end of the day. And, like, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the Netflix TV show of Ref. Um, <laughs> you might going to see a complete different pairing to the book. I'm all open for changes from book to to TV show. Um, what was my point? Favorite <laughs> <laughs> characters, building oh, characters, building characters. Oh, sorry, I just got so lost. In the, in the <laughs> um, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's it's. It's an, it can be an essential tool or like it can definitely be something that is really helpful and great when it comes to creating characters, you know, like Zodiacs or even like if you think of like if you put them into our world, what would their job be or what would their, I don't know, what would their friend circle be? What kind of music would they listen to? Um, I mean, with Rev, you also have the kind of like clash of human world into the magical world so it's not too far-fetched from saying that Killian is listening to 1975 <clears throat> and stuff like that so or Carleen just... watching Gossip Girl to <laughs> 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 be honest when I wrote that line I was just you know I was just thinking what's the most bizarre tv show connected to a voodoo doll and then I was thinking <laughs> okay it's either gonna be Pretty Little Liars 
or uh, Gossip Girl. But then I went with Gossip Girl because Pretty Little Liar still has this mystery touch. So I was like, no, we're going to go with Gossip Girl because this is just, you know. <laughs> also, it's an old classic um, from like back then when one of the, like when when the hype was really real around this TV show. Um, so yeah, and, and it's things like that, you know, um, which... Uh, which which are mostly the first essential key how I come up with characters and sometimes also with people in real life but you're never gonna know who inspired me for who so sucks to be you <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh you know it really when I have two favorite characters that I want to end up together it really stresses me out when they fight like when I was when I first was watching Riverdale and in season two spoilers but Betty and Jughead go through a really rough patch and breakup I was literally at work like stood there just being like I'm really stressed oh god what what is Jughead doing did he sleep with that girl I'm just so stressed <laughs> take things to heart so me reading these next books I'm gonna I'm gonna be a mess <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, how you messaged me on certain scenes when you were still reading the first book so uh you're gonna have a wild ride coming back over the things that we've been working on so uh, <laughs> out, uh get the popcorn and <laughs> tissues <laughs> oh gosh yeah I mean it is what's like one of the brilliant things about you know reading books and stuff is the wild ride and stuff like that and I do find it quite interesting though when like um I think I noticed it mostly in like tv shows um maybe not so much in books because I think with books it's very easy to kind of like set up and you can kind of hear like the inner thoughts of the characters and stuff but there's so many times when like there's like um you're watching a tv show and your favorite character does something that is so like out of the ordinary and for no reason other than i feel like the writers have gone ah let's just spice this up a bit they're gonna <laughs> act completely differently and you're like hi <laughs> and then you get angry and start watching um and yeah i just find that quite an interesting um, I don't know how either of you feel about that. Like, if it, like, does it really upset you when a character does something completely different to what they what it used to, or is that really exciting for you? Is that like something that you're like, yeah, or like, I don't know. <laughs> I have to think of a character right now. <laughs> okay, if you're gonna think, I'm gonna spill some more tea here. <laughs> Clark and Bellamy season seven. <laughs> um, it's just, oh man, the thing is like, um, obviously you can all, like, I think it's with some situations and characters, uh, you can only really judge it based on seasons or the whole bigger picture. Because um, obviously uh, Dean Winchester season one is not going to be the same as Dean Winchester season 10. Um, so it's always, like, it's kind of debatable if like, are we gonna stay for the end, or is it too bizarre to, to to even continue watching? I've seen some characters fall and do uh, stuff that's not what they would do. Um, Brienne for Todd, you deserve better, my dear. Um, and some other characters out there <laughs> in Game of Thrones that deserve better. Um, oh, Brienne. Yeah, and it's. Ah, man, it's like, you know, I think it's because I'm still going towards the 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 part of like, you know, uh, being becoming also a screenwriter and uh, helping out with my my series. Um, but 
it, it's sometimes hard to say. Uh, I definitely understand when people say uh, this is so out of order. I, I can't watch this because I've seen it myself many times. At the end of the day, sometimes you have certain character twists that only make sense when you have seen the bigger picture. But then it's also like, you know, it's it. I guess it's this fine line for the writer between like, I know I'm going to do this and I know that not everyone's going to like it. Um, sometimes I think it's essential for certain character breaks, but only if it feels, you know, very logical. Um, anyone who hasn't seen the hundred season seven, this is going to be a spoiler. Um, so the death of Bellamy happens because Clark shoots him. And for anyone who has seen the hundred, we know that makes no sense at all. Like these two have been through so much, like the explanation of the writer was that this is a moment where, where you can see the darkest of her character, I believe. And that, you know, when it comes to the darkest point between deciding between family and protecting family. And um, I would have signed with that, but the, the, the situation essentially is. So Belemi has this book and Clark has kind of like a, a not by blood daughter in the, in the final season. And um, she needs this book to save her. And eventually it comes to this point where she shoots Belemi then she runs through an anomaly and doesn't take the book. So she has shot Belemi for no reason, basically, hasn't even gotten the book and runs through the anomaly. I'm going to repeat this again. She <laughs> <laughs> didn't got the book. <laughs> One more time for everyone at the back. <laughs> yeah. That's just silly writing to me. Like, that, like if she would have gotten the book, you know, like, I could have lived with the fact of, like, okay, this was a crucial situation between saving the one that's kind of like her own daughter and choosing between her best friend, apparently, because they pointed that out in, like, I believe five scenes in the last uh, in the last season, which is also another ridiculous moment of the hundred. But um, essentially, it's this thing of like when you've been there for seven seasons and you see both of these characters just acting out of order in that sense. It's just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like I'm so I feel sometimes even sorry for the actors to act that out, you know? Because yeah. I would just like I would be pissed. I would be like. My character, like, especially uh, Bellamy's journey was such a great journey on uh, all of the seasons. And, like, I remember uh, when The Hundred started, I was one of the people who, who uh, right away liked Bellamy. And he's a super asshole in the beginning. But <laughs> I, the thing is also, I guess I like that because it was kind of refreshing to see that, you know, you start off with very strong opinionated characters who are out of order in so many ways. And just uh, seeing his journey on that or like what, how he changed from that. But then at the end, it's just both of these main characters do something that makes no sense to the agenda that they had before. And I think it's also a bit bitter and sad sometimes because like, you know, um, writing endings is hard. Like you will yeah. never have that person satisfied ending. But there were so many ways how they could have made that different and like how they, how they could have changed that. So um, obviously the, this is also a bigger picture of like, you know, sometimes you can tell when there are things going on in the background that we as watcher can't see, but it's so damaging to the characters. And I think that's like also so unprofessional, like not from the actor side, but from the writer side to 
you know, be like, oh, I'm suddenly writing you out of the script. And it's like, okay, but at least make it a, like, you know, at least making yeah. it, make it, make it a good ending. Like, um, another great opposite of that is, um, uh, the, uh, Marco who plays Fitzek in the Vikings. Apparently he was meant to be cut out of like three or four times and the writer <laughs> telling him that and the writers kept telling him that and he was one of the people that stayed until the end you know um so so um so it's this yeah it's i guess it's it's this it's this alignment that we had in the beginning you know like um with the hundred a lot of my favorite characters broke away or like changed so much that essentially at the end i think i had like two favorite characters left um and similar with other TV shows, it's sometimes like if you're lucky and you have a handful of characters that you still enjoy watching. I guess uh, everyone who has seen Game of Thrones probably went through that. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking of that because for me, the most left thing for character I can think of is when um, <clears throat> Daenerys um, l- like loses her mind and basically like burns down. Um, Oh my god, King's Landing. I was like, I don't know where I am right now. <laughs> um, because, and I'm not, I'm not saying it wouldn't have been a really, really good um, storyline for that to happen, but I just feel like there was no development and there was none from an audience perspective. None of us could see it coming, and it wasn't even like in a shock way of like, oh, when you go back and watch it, you're like, oh, those were the signs. It was like she was a different person. And yeah. it was so annoying because she'd had such a, for me anyway, I think I feel like she had a really great character arc of like, you know, when she was first, like we first saw her, she was basically the sister of this crazy, horrible man who basically sold her off and then she killed him and killed her. And it just went on and on. And she was like, you know, ruling lands and became a queen, like, you know mother of dragons and then suddenly she's just like doing stuff that because she was saving people but now she's like I don't know it just didn't make any sense and like I felt really sorry for like Amelia Clark because apparently she like when she first got the script she like went for a walk and called her dad and was like I'm just so sad to have to say goodbye to this character in this way and like have to like let go of this character and not kind of like how do I connect to this when it's kind of I don't know a bit random so yeah yeah Daenerys oh. <laughs> I think from an author's perspective you definitely look on it uh, differently than uh, for example I do because I'm more of the visual person person yeah. but uh, I think everyone found kind of their own safe spaces to escape those uh, silly things like fan fiction and cosplay and uh videos on YouTube I think that's a really cool thing because uh, we don't have to accept what is happening on screen that's the good thing about all this media stuff yeah um, it should never stop (laughs) because it's a really cool thing to create your own thing uh, and discovering new things and looking into it in 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 different ways and I think that's that's really cool (laughs) No, I, I completely agree. I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think it's such a a wonderful like expression that you can fall in love with these people and these characters and then like, you know, recreate them in your own way, in your own twist. And like there's like some really cool like cosplayers who do like crossovers as well. Like they'll do oh, I can't even think right now, but like 
I don't know they'll do like um oh what's it called um like Kingdom Hearts princesses so it'll be like Rapunzel with the keys and stuff and I'm just like this is this is amazing like I think stuff like that's so cool and I don't know what like I don't know why it's like frowned upon in a lot of ways I just think it's a way of enjoying ex- ex- expression <laughs> express yourself <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say I don't know I I never understood why other people bash other people's art you know just let them do whatever they want uh, except if it's something illegal you know yeah what what do you you gain from that when when you bash other things like I don't know I'm like I I said in the beginning I, I I'm always cheering for other people's art whatever they do even if they began just five minutes ago or not. So um, let just people enjoy their things and um, cope from all this general mass media stuff. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Connecting to that, I also have to say um, what I said before. This is like, to be honest, I ha- this is not even like the normal fandom side that I see. This is the kind of like, you know, Stan side, the, the ones that are not logically argumenting, you know, the ones that don't let other people's opinion in there, the ones that, like, just call you many things. Like, I've been called uh, less phobe because I said I don't support Klexa. And I was like... Okay, (laughs) what? (laughs) Like, okay, because I don't support your favorite pairing, I'm... Okay, well, you need... You need... You need to breathe, honey. <laughs> um, and it's, it's just, I don't know, it comes like, I, I also feel, I, I can't even say where it came from or when it started, you know, when people just got so crazily, uh, like, I, I guess it's always the crazy trope that we're pointing out with these things. Because, like, you know, when uh, when you have, like, the, the cool thing about all these fandoms and stuff is usually that you have great, like, great opinions and like different great opinions you know if we all would enjoy iron man what's there left to talk about why would we have super <laughs> wars so you know like um <laughs> coming from a marvel perspective or like uh, it's, uh, yeah it's just you know it brings different people together in different like um groups uh, subjects and stuff like that and also you know, sometimes these beyond discussions when it comes to fandoms, they sometimes give you a great new perspective. Like, for example, there are characters that I didn't pay attention to. And then you hear someone talking talking about them so passionately and you're like, oh, wow, I've never seen, like, I never thought about it that way. Or like, I never paid attention as much to this character. Literally. And I think this is the great thing with... Uh, diverse fandoms um and no matter the gender race and stuff like that because like especially open field fandoms like you know game of thrones and stuff um on this note i want to say that i like ramsey bolton so (laughs) (laughs) oh ramsey coming back to the world card and stuff and uh, no the, the the before people understand this wrong um this is <laughs> this is <laughs> and we lost all of our listeners no joke <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone um, it's just uh i yeah it's just you know uh i like very deep dark late late characters or like more than the the classic trope characters like even with like because sometimes what i miss in hero characters is this like and this is why I think Captain America is so great. I want to see heroes going through hell. 
yeah. like I need to see their dark side not in a like they they gonna balance between you know good bad and, and st stuff like that but give them a really deep arc like go go in there give me vulnerability give me all what it got to make me feel something for this hero you know like um and i think uh coming from the captain america's perspective just i just feel so sorry for this man <laughs> yeah. it's just you know there are like some of the characters whether it's marvel or you like make me feel something like make me feel something whether that's like rage sadness joyous emotions whatever it is but i need to feel something for the characters and that's where that's when you get me and um yeah just i guess i really stopped just being a watcher since i obviously went so much deeper with ref um so for me i have so many layers why i watch or read things mm. um but it's i'm i'm always you know like i think the the different perspective and angles are, are the thing that makes it even really great because sometimes I have characters where I'm like really don't care I really don't get this character <laughs> yeah. someone, someone yeah. explain to me why this character is so great but at the end of the day you know I think it's also like the only line that I really cross is sometimes when I feel like okay this is just not my vibe because like yeah with so much stuff out there it's also totally okay to say um you don't like that or like that's just not my type but i'm happy that you're enjoying it uh, as long as you don't force me to <laughs> enjoy it too um yeah so yeah that's yeah no i think it's really valid and there's there's i mean for me like i didn't i don't like ramsey at all but he's so entertaining to watch like him and Joffrey, like, I'm so glad they both got what they deserve. But oh my goodness, like, it's one of those things where, you know, when you like look through your fingers because you don't want to watch what they're doing because they're disgusting, but you also can't stop watching because you're like, what are they going to do next? Like, it's such a yes. like, weird feeling. Um, I actually find it so interesting. So um, I don't know if either of you watch, um, have read um, Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials. Mm -mm. Nope. Definitely give it a go. Like, they're, they are like they're not my favorite but they are really good books they're really really clever and really brilliant um and in it there's a character called mrs coulter who is literally oh my goodness she's the worst like in the books i actively hate her i'm just like oh for fuck's sake oh sorry oh no she's back again like oh god but in the tv series ruth wilson plays her so brilliantly she's my favorite character like every time she comes on screen i'm like oh it's gonna be good like i can't wait to watch what she does next because she's just brilliant like me and my friend Rian, uh, big love Rian, if you're listening, um, we like often talk about it and we're like, oh, I can't believe that they've changed that from the books. But I also don't mind because we love Ruth Wilson. So <laughs> just put her in every scene, please. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's such an interesting turn of events. Of I, how, love, yeah. I love how you both are really like deep into characters. And I'm sitting here like, I like all the memes about the characters. <laughs> Yeah, you're a clown, we know. <laughs> I mean, um, maybe it's kind of also because I'm a casual watcher. I don't usually jump into things very deeply that often. So when I watch things casually, which is most of the time, 
memes are everything. <laughs> no, I, I think memes are such a good a good way to enjoy something as well. And like, I think sometimes you've got to have a, you've got to take a step back and realize that as much as you love something, it can be ridiculous or it can be stupid or it can be farcical to someone who doesn't watch it as much or whatever. And I think that's such a, a lovely way to enjoy it as well. Um, so don't ever ever not. Do you I have mean... a? <laughs> I mean, Gigi knows I always send her memes about um, Jagger and Killian over Instagram. <laughs> I love that. Look at this, it's Killian, ha ha ha. <laughs> What she's actually saying is like, this is me, but I'm gonna say it's a Killian meme. So here you go. <laughs> oh, I see, this is why you hate him so much. I get it. <laughs> Amazing, amazing. Okay, let's let's take a little step towards um, Rev series, and let's just talk about our favorite Rev series characters. This might be really hard for you, Lola, because it might be trying to pick your favorite child. I mean, we all secretly have one, <laughs> whether we want to pick it. <laughs> um, but I think, well, you may know who mine and Abel's is already. <laughs> Abel, go ahead. You you can start, so I can sit in anger silently. No, Joe. <laughs> You can go ahead, Evel. It's yeah, your ahead. time to shine with Belfire. Okay. Uh, yeah, like I said, Belfire is definitely one of my favorites uh, for the reasons I said before. But there is also something about her that... <sighs> How do I put this? <laughs> Wait, I have to think for a second. <laughs> um... So much about not being deep. <laughs> you know? Yeah, okay, I thought about it, okay? I I'm going to write an essay about Belfire. <laughs> Still waiting. No, um, I really like about her that she comes off as this really, oh, I don't care, let's just burn everything character, but... um. When you read those scenes where she is interacting with Relaine, you see this really empathetic character and you're like, I didn't see it at first when I read it the first time. It just, um, it came to my mind when I read it the second time. I was like, wait a second, she's actually really cool, <laughs> you know? And that's why, why I started to like her. And she has so many deep layers we are going to explore throughout the story. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yep. And um, there are so many reasons also, but that is the main reason why I like Belfire so much, because she has these two sides, the vul vulnerable... <laughs> vul Can you give me vulnerable. another word? <laughs> Can you give me another word for Sensitive, that? Sensitive, emotional... <laughs> yeah, is it, is, is, yeah, yeah, you could say emotional, yeah. She has this emotional side you just see in very rare moments and it just makes her so interesting. And that's why I really like Belfire. Yeah. On the other hand, um, I'm I'm constantly bashing Killian, but <laughs> I, I actually do like him, but it's just kind of a hate love, you know? <laughs> you heard it. You heard it, everyone. You heard it. She does actually like Killian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You don't know yet what's about to happen, so... Oh, God. <laughs> so, Killian's character 
arc is going to be really, really, really interesting. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm just gonna like when the next when I finally read the second book, I'm just gonna be an emotional mess and just <laughs> yep. be locked away. <laughs> like I'll just oh no, oh no. Is this, will there be any light at the end of the tunnel for Killian? I just. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to answer this? <laughs> Can you give me any hope? <laughs> well, well. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll get back to this in a second. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um yeah, Belfire and Killian and the interaction between those two characters. Oof. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Gigi, Gigi totally killed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> L- Lola just nodded really like, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well done, me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, amazing. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> would you like me to go? I can talk a bit about Killian if you want. Oh, no, I can talk. Oh, no, I have to talk about Killian. What? <laughs> Okay, yeah, I just, for me, Killian was just, I mean, I'm a, I'm a massive sucker for, like, romantic characters and characters that, like, I can ship with people. And, like, for me, like, Killian and Belaine have really good chemistry and I just, I was really, like, oh, like, all about that. And there's some, like, really, some scenes I just, and, like, I think what I love about Killian is is that you kind of think he's this, like, I don't know, he kind of reminds me a bit like Brendan Urie, kind of like really confident and really like I am a front person of a band and I wear all these clothes and I, I sleep around. But like actually underneath it, there is so much more to him. Like he's he's been through so much and you just kind of like and I don't want to fix him. It's not it's not really about that. It's just I find him really interesting Like he's been through so much. It's kind of like almost like a Jughead Jones underneath and that he's such a precious sweet boy and I just I just oh I just want to cuddle him like oh, I feel like if Mariana's listening she knows exactly what I'm talking about <laughs> um and I just like it's just such a interesting coping mechanism for what he's been through and he's got so much on his shoulders that he has to go through and it's just it feels like such a lot for him and like it's always like he's he's been born and thrust into this world of like high expectations and stuff and it's like he's not allowed to rebel and be silly and be stupid but he does anyway because that's how he copes and that's how he deals with stuff and I just think he's I just think he's really interesting really fascinating um yeah <laughs> uh-oh I'm seeing that eyebrow <laughs> Gigi's doing the eyebrow thing <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, first of all, I'm glad that uh, you guys see the deeper layer of the characters. Um, what I can assure at this point that every character has a deep layer in my book. Like, just because you... Like, this is not like the generalization of like, ah, well, if you're too dumb to see it, you're not going to see it. Um, This is more the thing of, obviously, with some characters, you're not going to have the full story in every book because 
if I would focus on every character like a main character, then this book would be double the size. Um, but also because Ref is so much bigger than you can understand and see at this moment. Um, I believe Ebel is the only one that knows so far the whole concept of Ref. I forgot half of it. <laughs> so it's basically just me dealing with this on my own. <laughs> and to be honest, when I started writing the book, I wasn't aware of it myself. Like, I had this idea, I had the scrims, I had the spark, and I wanted to make something out of it. And I think, unless you're writing a series so planned out, it's really hard to say like that there's ever going to be a finish line because just because I'm putting down the pen doesn't mean the fandom do doesn't, uh, does not, the fandom does not. So um, even when I at some point going to put down the pen and have from my side told every story, I hope that people continue to tell the stories that they feel like should have been in there or could have been told or you know, what about that character that just had 10 lines in the whole thing? Why, like, what about them? Like, go ahead, be your own creator. You know, like, I will always give certain extra content. You can also find that at the website, definitely. Like, there will always be something or some, like, maybe even 10 years after the, the whole series is finished or something like that, you will always have me maybe adding something to it because that one glimpse is coming back to me and I, I'm going to add something to it. So for the characters, and especially since we're dealing with characters that already had been a story, because uh, we're dealing with most characters in uh, around their 20 plus years. So it's not just, you know, it's, it's not that age anymore where it's like, who am I? What's going on? Um, which you often have in young adult uh, genres or like when when we're dealing with teenage characters. So there's so much more to tell about these characters. When it comes to picking favorites, <laughs> um, I would say I have sets of favorites in a sense of like, because um, I can split this between being a reader and being an author. As an author, some of the characters are easier to write than others. Like, I think easy characters to write are people like Peter. Peter is, oh, man, Peter is great. Peter is just this guy, like, every time I'm writing Peter, I'm just so relaxed. There's, like, <laughs> he can just deal with whatever because he's been there for, like, 300 years, you know? He's seen it all. He, like, kids ain't got shit today on him. It's great. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, or, so... I have this, like, some, some characters are definitely easier to write. When it comes to the main three characters, I would say they are the most where it's sometimes super interesting to see how I write them in a sort of conflict way. Because I always say, like, like Killian is definitely in the set of, like, the most exhausting characters to write. Because <laughs> honestly, like, I think him, Bellfire... Mm. Quinn they are in the top notch of you have no idea what's coming for them because <laughs> um, um, as I said like every character has deeper layers and to what extent you're going to explore them in the, in the universe uh, 
is in a way up to me at the same time as it's for the storyline. Um, generally, I do enjoy writing every character, but obviously, because I'm a, I'm a very, like, I always tend to write the whole book in one go. Mm -hmm. and, and so, like, because I know that some writers have this thing of, like, you know, they're going to write chapter seven and then they're going to write chapter two. And I'm like, why would you do that? Like, my brain would be so messed up if I would work with that technique. Like, I could never. Like, I need to have my outline straight away. So what I usually do is I write it all down. Um, obviously, it's going to be messy as hell at that point when I write it down first. But I have the basic line from there and that's where I go from and then I go back into scenes and then I start developing okay this person needs another scene this needs another scene this needs an extension um so following the the normal guideline or like the the normal book chapter line is sometimes a bit tricky when it comes to writing certain emotions because obviously um and especially with crimson red I'm going I I'm basically already preparing for crimson red because Gonna have a lot can, more fights. can we drop the name of the book title yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> cut it out. <laughs> you know you want to. <laughs> so in the second book, <laughs> uh, we're gonna have a lot more fight scenes. Um, we're gonna have a lot more stuff. Um, in that sense so obviously when it comes to writing fight scenes i have this whole different mindset when it comes to like you know just normal normal scenes of of discussions or like what i like for me it's more about sometimes it's really hard to have certain con like constantly writing conflicts like i definitely can say that after like a couple of scenes being in killian's mindset i need a break um because <laughs> um, it's just there's a lot of conflict going on or similar like even with Jago, who's kind of like on the opposite spectrum, but you know, Jago also requires a certain mindset. Same with like every character, basically. But um, so on that part, it's like I guess my favorites, you can say, are the ones where I'm definitely challenged as a writer. So Killian, Belfire, people like Quinn, Callaghan, they are all in the top notch. Or like even Relaine. Like Relaine has also a very very deep story that you haven't explored yet, and um. Even with like characters like like that, you know, and um, especially since I mentioned it before, like my character extension or like the way I work with characters is never really finished. So sometimes I explore the characters along the way when I write. So, for example, at this point, I have my outlines and structures on like what's going to happen with them and the universe. But in between, um, I always deal with okay, but I need a deeper layer there because otherwise I can't write this scene. So that's when I start diving into the to the character work again. Like, for example, in the first book, um, I hope you have read it at this point, but otherwise, <laughs> spoiler, um, Killian's, or like the situation with Killian and Allegro has been such of the biggest conflicts for me to write and like how to deal with him and how to do certain things and what to show and whatnot and how, how their relationship is and stuff. And like, to make it like because with Killian he's I think he's you're either gonna like him or you don't like I don't think there's I mean if if you're in between please tell me more because <laughs> because I think it's it's really this thing of you either understand him from the start or he's just not your type of character like I don't think 
Killian leaves much room for. I mean, ma maybe it's also this this in between thing of like, you're obviously following the story because he's one of the main characters, but maybe it's also you know maybe at the beginning you pay attention to someone else and later on you you pick up what Killian is going through or so something like that. Um, because what I try to do or try to create with my writing style is definitely this thing that the reader has the choice of are you with them on the moral compass or are you just is it just not your type of character or are you just not understanding them or are you not empathizing with them you know um from a reader's perspective I would definitely root for all the sidekicks like Callaghan, Brixton, Jester I'm always always with the you know shady sidekicks um that's like <laughs> It's just reading some of the scenes back. I'm just like, oh my god, Rose, you're oh, you're so dodgy. Stop hanging around Relay's cafe, you know, like just oh, stop. Rose gives me the creeps. I just uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah, you dropped Brixton. I forgot him. Oh my god, Brixton is the top number one best character ever. Yeah, Brixton is the best. <laughs> I would love just a book all about Brixton. Yeah, and just him watching the other characters. Just be like. Yeah. Just a whole mono. I think I I said this to you, right, Didi? A whole monologue uh, of Brixton thinking about things. <laughs> to be honest, I could what what I could see happening is like once we have the Netflix TV show that the Hunters get their own spin-off because the Hunters like I keep thinking like I have as I said I have planned all these books, you know. So I was thinking, but then at, sometimes I go back to the Hunters and I'm like. You can't write another book, can you? Like, <laughs> is it is it worth enough telling these stories that they do on the sideline? And um, so yeah, from a like reader's perspective, I would say if I wouldn't have touched Ref before, I guess I would root for the for the you know hunters or like want wanting to know more. And now I'm gonna drop something that's gonna be <laughs> creepy once you get to explore this character. My actual favorite character in the whole series is a guy called Icarus. And I think... Um, <laughs> yes! Uh, the thing with yes. Icarus is um, I don't think I've ever written a character like him. Um, he has a similar writing... St like, as I said, like I kind of like have these mindsets and like boxes where I kind of put the characters in when it comes to like how I write them and what I need as a mindset. Icarus is similar complex to Fiodorka. So as I said, there are also so many deeper layers, but holy guacamole, Icarus is just <laughs> another level of character I created. And it's just, you know, it goes, it's not even about like the dark aspect, but just the way he thinks and like the way he does things and the way he, he, um, just sees life and what's going on in his mindset. It's just, it's kind of like, um, so, because obviously if if you, if you're at this point of this episode, you have, Melancholy Vision is out and um, the first time you're going to meet Icarus is at the end of the book. So, um, <gasps> so, uh, <laughs> sorry, I got excited. <laughs> I just found that it's all out as well, listeners, so you're not alone. <laughs> and the what, what I did with this time is just this scene is one of the scenes I am so proud of, of what, how we changed it and what impact it leaves the reader. Mm -hmm. um, and it gives you the first glimpse on 
something big is coming here and this guy is just it's it's um and this is funny enough kind of going back to even like talking uh, characters like Ramsey because Icarus is a character that steps into the room and you don't know what he's gonna do next and like that makes him one of the most wild cards that I have in the series and I think this is also so interesting for me in the writing process sometimes because um quickly connecting it to Ramsey what I think about Ramsey is so great is like he makes you so uncomfortable by like it, it like he steps into that room and you're like okay either someone like someone's gonna die or, or like what the hell is going on like what what's this guy doing and um <laughs> in the telltale game of thrones this is exactly what happened because you got <laughs> there as well and i was like well this is not gonna go well is it for me <laughs> um so with icarus um i enjoy writing icarus um because it's just so different from all the characters like obviously mm -hmm. there's a range of diversity in there and um icarus is just a complexity on its own um to a deeper layer and um in the rest series itself uh what we're gonna extend um to this point about the oleander chronicles there's also a character that i deeply enjoy writing um I'm just thinking, yeah, I can say it. Um, Devon Lockius um, is similar to uh, Icarus, one of those characters that's just, I don't even know where they're coming from, to be honest. Like, I don't know if it's something that's kind of like, has been locked inside me and suddenly wants to go out. <laughs> Definitely, yes. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, like I said, like sometimes people's performances inspire me, so... Um, Mm, I guess Icarus has been inspired to some of my favorite villains or like bad characters in TV shows and stuff. Um, I would say if you want to get a glimpse of um, his mindset, um, Hannibal Lecter is a good start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that's a really good comparison. Um, and this mm. is not about the part of eating meat. Um, <laughs> this is, um, Ooh. This is more the part of, you know, these complex characters. Uh, it, it's just this, this, to understand Icarus, you have to really go in there. You have to really go dive deep in there. Um, so that's on my favorites. Quickly picking one of the main three, I would go for Jagor. Um, just because, like, compared to Relaine and Killian, I have, I thrive with, like Jagger scenes um a lot more easier and a lot more like all of like as I said like all of them are so layered and stuff but um if I would have to pick one of the main three I would go for Jaguar then for Relaine and then for Killian I guess <laughs> so <weird>. oh <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you off uh Right, well, I, I think it's time for us to play some games, which I have yeah. The first one, I, I guess it's probably not really a game, but I think we should do fan casting of who we would like characters. <laughs> <laughs> if, we could, if anyone could play the characters in the Netflix series, who would we want? Um, I, uh, I know who's going to play Bellfire. It's me. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
Apple's just like, I fan cast myself. <laughs> Big fan of me and my work. <laughs> Love that. Like the way I see Killian, and um, it's, uh, uh, I think I mentioned it before. Um, I don't know the, I need to look up the name. Uh, the guy that plays Elliot in The Magicians is the way I see Killian um, a bit like from the way like he dresses and stuff and um, I could imagine him playing Killian quite well um, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel this I've just googled him <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what I'm just doing I'm just googling um, it and yeah I can I can see he's got like a cute little waistcoat on in this picture yeah all mm. <laughs> oh, the hell yeah, I stand. We're here for it. <laughs> and the thing, the, to be honest, like with Killian, it's kind of like um, I definitely need to do my research on um, on uh, mixed background characters because, like, I think the essential key for Killian for me really is that I want a person of color in his in his uh, portrayal. Um, but to be honest, the Lancaster bloodline is very diverse, so it it doesn't have to essentially be like you know that just one character or like mm. and I, I believe there are so many great actors out there that still like deserve a bigger platform um so for Killian I would say as long as the the diversity comes through when it comes from the heritage I can see um some characters uh or like actors more like go for it like I think the essential key to Killian's presence is just have a smug smile. Um, yeah, <laughs> smug AF. Hashtag <laughs> yeah. be smug. Yeah. Um, if you make the watcher feel like they want to punch you, you did everything right on set. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jaguar. I could see Anthony Carrigan. He plays Victor Zares in Gotham and. Victor's ass is also bold for anyone who hasn't seen <laughs> or uh but same with like to be honest like I think the the finding someone that is willing to cut off their hair to play someone as great as Jagger Lancaster I think is not as uh, like I think for for the presence of Jagger the real talent is the fact that Jagger works with a lot of less facial expression so like yeah. Killeen is someone with like big movements smug smile and stuff like that and the essential key for the acting of Jagger is really just like you know he has limited <laughs> emotional expression so but then still having that acting skill to still express something when necessary with his emotion I think that's the essential key that I want to see Relaine I could see what's her f- she plays Dorcas in the Sabrina TV series, and now I, uh, she also plays uh, Bloom in the new Wings. Like I saw her, it's Abigail something. Yeah, and I'm gonna like. There's gonna be a part where I'm gonna say all my names. Abigail uh, Cowan, that's her name. Yeah, yeah, she's great. I'd but, love her. Like yeah. I saw her, and I was like, whoa, she has Relaine's presence. Like it's like there's even a fan out out there that I let someone create for it and then I like put it next to a picture of her and I was like this is weirdly strange fitting um, yeah 
and um, so I could definitely see that. As for like some other characters, you know, um, some characters it's really important for me that they have certain backgrounds. Like for example, Layla, yeah, she has a, a <laughs> I believe it's no, what she comes from Puerto Rico. Sometimes I don't know my own characters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, Layla. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you know, things like that are essential to me. Um, and other than that, I'm open to so many, so many, you know, uh, great actors out there. Um, I think definitely Bellfire should be played by someone that is in the LGBTQ. Yeah. Um, to have a bit better and bigger understanding of, um, yeah, the, the whole background of the character uh, in, in some ways. Um, similar to uh, some other characters, um, I want to get people involved that, uh, like, obviously, I want to get us involved in a sense of, like, you know, I want to have these chats with these actors for their understanding. Yeah. And at the same time, I uh, want to have, you know, if if we're going to play someone that is, uh, like, I'm not going to say if it happens or not, but if there's, for example, a character that's blinded, I want to have people on set or like I want people to have these chats with these people so that we get the the necessary portrayal. Um, hmm. I need to think about more <laughs> fan situations because as you can see, like, that also clearly shows you that no, I have not certain celebrities in my mind when I come when it comes to my characters because it's really like sometimes it's more the aesthetic of a person mm. that gets to the character rather than like oh yeah that's a great facial claim. Um, for for uh, for Killian, I sometimes find these actors or models, for example, on Instagram, and I'm like I don't know who they are, but they give me like the Killian Lancaster vibe. Yeah, and uh, so so definitely in that direction too. Um, and whoever's hearing that, you know, send us a message. You want to be part of this? I'm going to make it happen. Um, <laughs> oh, one thing I have to say though, is that I would love to see Luke Baines um, in the show. I don't know who he would portray. Um, for anyone who doesn't know who he is, he played Jonathan Morgenstern in the Shadowhunter TV series. Um, and I think he could be a great sidekick like sidekick in a sense of like you know playing wild card um yeah in a way. um like so honestly my eyes are being cut from his cheekbones by just googling <laughs> a picture of him oh my goodness he has like such chiseled cheekbones gosh yeah absolutely <laughs> wow yeah. i think for me i don't have any fan cast because I'm still in that stage where the characters are kind of like, you know, sitting together on a couch in, in the living room and I'm looking yeah. at them because I, I get to see them every day, kind of, for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. So I don't have any other faces put on their faces, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. They, they, they are their own characters. I, I don't see any other people... Who look like them yeah no that's, that's, that's <laughs> totally fair. Yeah, weird, no. but they, they they kind of became just a, a real person you know <laughs> no, 
that scene. So weird. Which is why when like they do get cast in TV shows and films and stuff, it's often quite jarring when you're like, huh, okay. That's not what I imagined, but okay. Um here we are. So yeah, I think that's that's completely fair. Um and sometimes it's nice to keep that for as long as possible because I, I do think as soon as you kind of cast it in the TV series, the characters when you're reading the books very much just become how they look in the the films. Like I especially when I'm reading like the Harry Potter book, something I know so well, I yeah. just see like Alan Rickman and Maggie Smith, like it's and like, you know, Daniel Radcliffe. Like it is it can be quite difficult to like separate your visuals once you've seen it. Yeah. Um, which is quite sad. But I but. think it for me it also has to do with the fact that we already have uh, artwork of the characters most of the time you don't have that so I get to see them every day so I look at their faces in different kind of uh, styles of um, drawing also Mm -hmm. so yeah I think that's also the reason why I can't see any other actors in in those characters but you know, when it gets to casting, our job is going to be so much easier because you've got all this artwork. We can go, yeah, you look like that. No, sorry. Yeah, it's going to be so easy. We're, like, we're just, you, we're just going to put like up, oh my God, oh my God, wait, 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 I have an idea. We're just going to put up wanted posters in, yeah. in the whole city, you know, it's just like, okay, we are looking for this person, please call us. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a great idea, to be honest. <laughs> If you look like this, call us. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, yeah, I'm going to come back to this at some point, um, probably in the Gigi and Sanji podcast when I have fully thought through it. Because there's definitely a handful of actors that I would just like to see involved because I think they deserve more presence in a sense of like... Because, for example, even in Europe, let alone, we have so many great... Like, because often, you know, Hollywood is this like big massive end goal and then it's just like do you realize that some of the greatest tv shows are actually european productions and um let's uh, speaking of elite for example and money heist um Mm. and you know with actors like that like they had this one one situation or like this one tv show where i think like this is the exact reason why we give we need to give them a bigger platform or like throw them into wider franchises because you know uh there are so many great actors out there and um i do believe that at the time where we go into the production start of the netflix tv show because it's gonna happen i say it right here now this is not just a drill it's it's gonna be a thing um (laughs) i want to make sure that you know the diversity is matching and um we have enough actors out there to make that happen it's not like they are not there or like there's not enough lgbtq people out there mm, yeah we are um so i think the essential key for for that is just making sure that um we find the right people and then that obviously because one of the essential things for me with ref is also making sure that us as a team get involved in a sense of helping them see the bigger picture because i think that's the great magic about ref that yeah, I th- like I'm. I can't wait till that stage when I also can make people in that scene help see that picture and let them dive into the magic that we already have discovered. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was so beautifully put. <laughs> <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous. <laughs> ah, lovely. Yeah, no. It, yeah, absolutely agreed. There's so many, so many people out there that are creative and just not getting that opportunity. So I'm really glad that we're we've created this platform and we're gonna do it so we can have more people involved and also just because we're gonna sign a deal with netflix doesn't mean you can't do fan movies please do go out there do your own shit like i think it's amazing um if if you want to get us involved send us a message you know like let us know what what like what your thoughts are if if there's a like as we said before this is the great thing with the beyond stuff it never stops and it shouldn't stop like just because one thing has been filmed that one time do it again if you want to have a different perspective um we will try and do make sure that we can do in anything possible for lots more diversity in any aspect but if that's not enough for you please do your own thing like we're not gonna stop you we're most likely gonna be there on the sideline and like hey this is actually a great thing that you did you know like um that's what we want to see and that like whether it's a cosplay makeup video whatever it is go go out there and um do it yeah, yeah. also also don't be afraid to reach out to us because we we love that <laughs> we love that we do I <laughs> I think it's re really important to have that connection to the audience because I always get sad when I can't reach out to the people I like, let's say it like that. So um, if you ever feel like you want to say something, just write an email, write us on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you can find us. Um, don't be afraid, just do it. <laughs> we will literally. try to write back. <laughs> yeah, literally. And it'd be cool to work with some some of you lovely listeners that would be awesome oh i'd love that yeah let's do it all righty so are you ready for game number two? Oh, it wasn't really a game yes game <laughs> so i have prepared uh kiss marry kill of characters oh no <laughs> uh oh i've got a love i've got so i didn't have any other hat i've got a pirate hat <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> this is a lot about me doesn't it the only like hat i could find was oh a God. freaking pirate hat um with names i put a couple in a couple of times because they're our beloved favorites i put a couple in times but this is going to be completely random killian 20 times <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just killian killian because i would like to you know kiss marry and kill him uh <laughs> <laughs> all right here we go here we go Okay, the first oh two stuck together okay the first one is alicia bellfire oh oh and relaine oh this is a good Ooh. one it's <laughs> a really good start this is like the powerhouse of the things i've created oh whoa whoa i already know <laughs> i would definitely kill alicia because <laughs> can i say it i don't really like her <laughs> what i mean we all know that sometimes you don't have great taste so <laughs> <laughs> um yeah then i would kiss relaine and marry bellfire obviously <laughs> 
I mean, you get best of both worlds with Bellfire. <laughs> true, true. Mm -hmm. But you haven't explored the whole story yet. Um... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <the> street... <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so... I need to... I can't believe I'm saying this. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so hard. Okay, I'm gonna kill Relaine. Sauce. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Um, this has to do with that one character that you're gonna explore later on in the story because personally, I think I could never live up to that character and her connection to make her that happy. Um, kiss Bellfire. Because honestly, Bellfire would at some point like I need space like no and therefore I would marry Alicia because she would go to Darston King eventually at some point I could just you know ride ride and have a great time and then eventually she comes back we're gonna throw some axes have a great time great sex and yeah, yeah. you know that that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I'd marry Alicia as well. Hold yeah. on, that, that sounded like an advertisement. <laughs> Lola's dating profile, everybody. Phenomenal. Yeah, I would also marry Alicia because I think she's amazing. I actually think if I was friends with anybody in the series, it would be with her because I think she's pretty chill. But um, she's really cool and just, like, nice. And, yeah, I think we'd get on really well. Oh, I think I'd kiss Relaine and kill Bellfire as well. Alright, let's do this. Alright, here we go. This was tough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the first one we've got is Carlin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my oh, my God. Oh, fear. Oh. And Brixton. <laughs> oh, oh I was already thinking, like, you know, the only other weird person in there could have been Brixton. <laughs> oh, man. Um... Oh, this is a tough one on the author side, you know? Um... Because I know so much shit about these three. Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is... Oh, oh God, no! I don't... No! Okay. First of all, like, this is kind of a tricky one, but... I would kill fear. I'm just gonna let it, let it stand like this. Because otherwise I would spoil things. I would kill fear. I'm gonna come back to this at a later point, probably in season two, when you will understand why I chose him. Um, <laughs> kiss Colleen, because like, oh man, that that lovely little voodoo doll. Um, <laughs> and Nixon, because yeah, would you marry a cat? Um, <laughs> oh, you're gonna find out in book two. Um, yep. <laughs> yep, yep. Also, yeah, is. Oh, yeah. He's a wild card. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would also marry Brixton because he's just a fun character also. <laughs> yeah. Um oh, and then oh god, I don't know. Oh, uh, 
I, I'm going to kill Carleen and kiss fear. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah. I don't want to do it, but I don't know. <laughs> I I think I'm the same as you, Lola, because this fear is just too charming to be trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there's something, I don't know, like, I feel like maybe I could, like, have a little snog with him and then be like, that's my story, you know, tell everyone. <laughs> but other than that, and then, or I could just kiss Carlin and Carlin's pretty chill. So, yeah, <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> oh, amazing. Okay, here we go. Okay, Relaine. <laughs> Jagger and Bellfire. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh man! Okay, I already killed Relaine, so I can't her out of this. <laughs> Sauce Bellfire, it's you this time. I would kill Bellfire, kiss Relaine, and marry Jagger. Um, essentially, just to. Uh, be around Jaguar, I guess. I mean, also, we would both know it's a fake marriage, so we would be good with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, <same>. um, <laughs> I think I'm, I think Jaguar would just be like a really good, like, fake husband because I feel like he'd still get the shopping and like take the bins out, but have none of the kind of <laughs> argument drama, and we'd just be chill. Yes. Yeah, I think it would just be a really lovely, chilled marriage, like. <laughs> You know, also, Jago would be absolutely fine if you're still seeing someone for your needs and stuff. So I think that's so great. Like, I mean, it might be a bit weirded out if I was like, yeah, I'm actually seeing your cousin, but... I would uh, marry Jagger, but then still kill Relaine and kiss Belfire. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely killing Belfire. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> go. Okay, I've got Layla, Quinn. Oh, this is another wild one. <laughs> Killian. Ah. Oh. Okay. Oh. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> I'm gonna kill Killian. <laughs> I'm gonna kiss Layla and I'm gonna marry Quinn. And um, to be honest, like I think, oh, Layla's like in the first book, it's very touch base with her. To be honest, yeah, on her journey and stuff. But I start like the journey that I'm. On with her at the moment I just she's great she's great why am I so gay with everything I say in this because <laughs> you're gay yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like you're allowed to be <laughs> just to say that I'm certainly bisexual but when it comes to choosing uh, my female characters over my male characters you can see there's a strong opinion on there <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would also kill Killian because I don't want to marry him and I also don't want to kiss him. No way. <laughs> well, this is a really fun podcast, everybody. I've been your host, Tyler Watt. No, I'm <laughs> just leaving. <laughs> if I had a door slam like sound, I would have totally played uh, that. <laughs> um, yeah, I would 
kiss Quinn and then marry Layla. See, I would obviously marry Killian. I would <laughs> kiss Layla and I would uh, kill Quinn. Rude. And that, <laughs> that is the tea. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh. Sinclair. Oh my. Oh, Spice. Alicia. And. Madison. Well, this is a weird one. Oh. Okay, to give everyone a fair chance, this time I'm going to kill Alicia. Mm. Kiss Madison and marry Sinclair. <sighs> Can I say I created a charming great guy with Sinclair? <laughs> um, Honestly, Sinclair's great. I just, yeah, with Sinclair, I just, he, he's my favorite Lancaster. What can I say? Next. Yeah. Kalimba, I believe. Yeah. I'm going to come back to the statement eventually in season two. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a great guy. And uh, I feel so sorry for him most of the time. <laughs> um, I kill Madison, kiss Alicia, and marry Sinclair because I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the see, other I way around. No. <laughs> So, and then I'd probably kiss Madison because I, I feel like I feel like she'd be she'd be good. I feel like she'd be a really good kisser. And then I'd marry Alicia. And that's the tea. <laughs> okay, Peter. Pietra. <laughs> and Callaghan. Oh! <laughs> Okay, the spice is real. I would kill Peter. Sauce, sauce would say. Um, I would kiss Piotr. Uh, hello, that would be a great kiss. And um, <laughs> I would so marry Callaghan. Oh, I'm thirsting over my own character, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he's made for my my box of rogue wild characters, okay? Uh, creepy with Relaine like he just stares yeah. at her in the cafe like he's never <laughs> spoken to her and then just saves her life but he's been staring at her in the cafe for months like how horrible is that like <laughs> I never said I was into very nice behaved guys <laughs> <laughs> To be honest, I've I always have the kind of advantage card as like I know who I'm dealing with, you know. <laughs> um, and on that note, I would not marry Pietro because that would scare me more. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, definitely not. Mm -mm. So that's why I'm killing. What? Wait, which characters did we have? <laughs> Pietro and Callaghan. Okay, kill Callaghan. Kill. Oh, <laughs> uh, kiss P Piet. Oh, I can't speak. No, Piet. I can't. I can't uh, speak out his name. And uh, marry Peter. I think that would be great because yeah, he's he's around for so long. Hold my and beer. I think be really Hold cool. my beer. Are you saying you actually like Peter now? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
See, yes, I side, side information. Um, I don't really like Alicia and Peter. They, like, they are just there. I I can't do anything with them. <laughs> I, no, I with just marry Peter over Callaghan. Can you believe that? Um, <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if I like Peter and Alicia as a couple, but I like them as friends because I feel like Peter's definitely barking up the wrong tree. At <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> So, like, I just, I don't know. I just feel like they have a really cute, like, understanding and friendship. But obviously he flirts with it. But I feel like he flirts with everybody because I feel like, you know, he's just a really <laughs> charming tree man. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would marry Peter, kiss Pietra, and then definitely kill Callaghan. I can't deal with the creepy, creepy man in the cafe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lola. <laughs> like, I'll yeet him into your arms. <laughs> You're, like, I already killed Killian twice, so this is just True. a backlash. <laughs> fair, fair. Okay, this is the last one. We've got Brixton. <laughs> we've got Allegro. And we've got Kalimba. Ooh. Yeah, I would so kill Killian's dead. Um, <laughs> I have no shame in that um, to be honest like not even going deep into that he would be too conservative for my ass um, kiss Kalimba it's a big tie to be honest like I could also see her as a wonderful great wife um, oh, the best I love Kalimba so much but it's Brixton man the hot like <laughs> I'm just weak for the hunters. Like I think in every like every tie here, I chose the hunters over everyone. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I would also go with the same order, because yeah, yeah, Killian's dad is just I don't know the worst. We don't need him. <laughs> uh, no, I think I'd marry Kalimba because she's just so like lovely and makes plants and grows things, and our house would just be gorgeous and. Just full of life, and uh, yeah, uh, and then I'd kiss Brixton, and yeah, Allegra. Who needs him? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So that is the end of the kiss, marry, kill, and I've now prepared just a few um, hypothetical questions about the um, the characters of Rev series, um, and uh -oh. let's yeah. <laughs> The first one, Lola. I think you already answered this in another one, but I just wanted to see what you say. Three characters would be the leads in a sitcom. Oh, we did have sitcom. We had band, I think. Band okay, we had band. And something yeah. else. Um, to be honest, a sitcom with the three main characters would be <laughs> freaking hilarious, yeah? Imagine. It's such a, like, the idea of that with, like, it, like, to be honest, in the style of Wonder Vision, hello uh, yes, I really want cool. that eighties, nineties. No, is it is it eighties, nineties, or is it even before? I can't remember like what the style is it exactly. Fifties, then sixties, seventies, eighties, and then nineties was last week. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so like in this style of that, I think that would be hilarious. You know, like the the good old nineties sitcoms. Yeah. Um. I could see these three. And then at the 
I'm going to pull the hunter card again. Keller yeah. Gibbons and Jester <laughs> are uh, certainly worthy uh, sitcom TV show or like spin-off TV show. Netflix, yeah. do you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been my answer. Just because they're just, the three of them talking together are just so banterful. Like, they're just like, oh my God, like, I can't believe you did that. Ha <laughs> ha. Like, obviously, I can't remember any of their lines. Lola writes so much better than that, actually. <laughs> Imagine that was a direct quote from the book. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think I'll also go with the Hunters because Brixton and Kelligan are just so great together. Yeah. I love them every time they show up. It's just, I wish that, yeah, I definitely need a, a show about them. Yeah. No, I love that. Absolutely. Okay, number two. Who would you go to prom with? Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to go with the hunters this time. Uh, I want to enjoy my prom and not have a total mess up prom. Yeah. Um, Oh, oh, that that one is. I know you're going to really kill me for this, but I think I would go with Killian because I think he's a great dancer. <laughs> I would. I would really have fun with them dancing the whole night and just don't care about all the other people. Fair. Fair. I could see that. <laughs> good yeah. point. Yeah, um, very good point. I think I would go with either Crush or Bellfire. Um, Crush kind of... <laughs> did it? I said I'm not going to choose the Hunters, right? Technically, that's fine. <laughs> so let's go with Belfire instead. Um, yeah, I think Belfire would, like, if I think of, like, you know, the, the classic American dream prom, uh, Belfire is just this person that would really, like, encourage me, find some nice outfits, do all this kind of, like, stereotypical, you know, photos, flowers, uh, portray things, stuff. But I think yeah. I would be really in for that. But at the same time, you know, be super extravaganza and make sure that it's going to be a great night. Nice. Um, so I would go for, with Belfire. Yeah, see, I, I think either Alicia or Shadra I'd go with because I feel like we just, we'd have so much fun getting ready beforehand and we'd all like be really cute and pretty and it'd just be really nice because I would go with Killian, but I also feel like it'd be that situation where he flirts with other girls all night and I get furious <laughs> and other men and I'm just crying in the bathroom the whole night and I'm furious. And everyone's like, are you, are you going to sort your boyfriend down? And I'm like, he's flirting with... And it'd just be horrible. So I feel like I'd go with one of the girls in the hope that I would see Killian. okay who would you write in your will jagger because i think he would take good care of all the things i did can you repeat the question again? Uh, who would you write in your will? So if you, what, what would you leave your things to? You can pick multiple ah, characters. Okay, so, so, so I did understand. Um, oh, sorry. 
Fear Dorker. <laughs> he would sell your stuff though. He would, <laughs> yeah, he can. <laughs> he would legit be like, sick, bye, every like literally just have like a huge sale. <laughs> I mean, you know you're dead, so I guess you wouldn't care, but still. There's a bigger understanding to this question in season two. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, okay I'll come back to this. <laughs> well, yeah, he could, like, you know, he could sell my stuff because I think essentially, like, we're getting so extremely attached to some materialistic stuff. But at the end of the day, um, what makes us really happy are the memories and moments that we live in life. So deep. Um, <laughs> so. And with fear, I know at least it goes like, you know, if I think like if it, if it would be magical stuff and stuff, I think it's in good hands in a sort of like trading way. Um, and he would be very radical with like, oh, pff, why did you have something like this and burns it? <laughs> so I think that. Yeah. yeah, I think I would I would also leave to Jagger. I feel like he would know exactly what to do with it and he would take care of any like last requests I had. I think he would be. Yeah, I, I agree, Apple completely. Okay, if you were in the royal family, who would you marry or kill to obtain the crown? I can't spoil this, damn it! <laughs> okay, there's going to be a character in the second book I definitely kill instantly, but I can't say who it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good to know. So next next book we'll finally find out, Apples. <laughs> I'm just imagining reading I, it going, Ah, I see now. <laughs> I hate this character so much, and I think everyone else will do so too. <laughs> uh, what was uh, the other options? Kill, marry, and if you could kill or marry anybody in okay. the royal family that would get you the crown, who would it be? So I mean, it could. It, it's a bit of a silly question, but you can, yeah. Like, you can kill multiple people, you can marry multiple people. Like, I don't know whether it would be the sort of thing where I'd, like, sneak in and, like, you know, pretend to be a nurse to take care of uh, Allegro's <laughs> wife and then kill her off. But then Allegro clearly falls in love with me and then I just kill him and then I can just marry Killian. <laughs> or I could just marry Killian. I, I just, that would be so much easier. <laughs> this is a convoluted plot. <laughs> Yeah, to then I definitely kill that person I just spoke about. <laughs> I just go in there and stab that person like instantly. <laughs> to be honest, if I could, <laughs> let's say I could reverse my own background of Lancaster's, um, and we might see that at some point when all the Lancasters were still alive. Um, I think a super interesting story side would be to see when Killian's mother would have been alive. Oh, and yeah, uh, to have that aspect or like to live in that time frame, so kind of like prevent the things that happened there, which are so sad if you think about it. Um, so I would try to prevent that to have her live and then see how the whole story evolves. Um, and in the current time, I'm not really interested in the crown. I would just marry Sinclair and, you know, have a great time. <laughs> 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 
I just yeah, it's just you know, it it aligns with my psychic wildcard card thing. Um, it would be too much responsibility. It's like if I align that with my with my life, that's like asking me to be president. Yeah, that's fair. Well, like I'm all for world change in certain revolutions, <laughs> but. That's another deep level of um, <laughs> responsibility. And um, I do believe I'm a great leader in certain aspects. But I think for me, it would be more the thing of like being constantly in the spotlight. Like mm-hmm. we're already going to crash that with certain exposure to our what we our stuff that we do. Yeah. Um, and I've. It, it it reminds me of the the documentary I saw about Michelle Obama. How crazy your life changes from one night to another. So being like queen and in icon. Oh no! Just I don't mind being part of the Lancasters, as I said, Sinclair. If you want to. <laughs> <laughs> This is gonna haunt me by the time we're gonna have a cast for this TV show, and everyone is gonna be like, "So you got a Sinclair in real life now? Like, what do you think about the cast?" Um, um, <laughs> same, same with the whole Hunter Squad. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's definitely something like that. And then, yeah, I would just if the if if certain events. Uh, would lead to a better future for Icon in the world that they live in, then um, I would also kill that character that we're going to meet in book two. (laughs) (laughs) Totally fair. Um, If this was Game of Thrones, who who do you think would sit on the Iron Throne at the end? (laughs) 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 Oh... Uh, yeah, that's uh... okay. I think I have three, three strong candidates. Definitely Kalimba. Yeah, uh, yeah that's two. Yeah, definitely. Definitely Kalimba. Um, I'm just gonna ignore any content that we had explored in Game of Thrones, and <laughs> <laughs> that the last two seasons were so great that the outcome would be also so great for the person <laughs> that sits on the throne at the end. Um, I could see Alicia on the mm-hmm. throne too. She definitely yeah. has that potential. Um, with definitely left or right hand person um, by her side. Mm-hmm. Um, Kalinda, Alicia. I had another person. Let me think. There's a character <laughs> going back to the hunters <laughs> <laughs> that we're gonna meet in the second book. He's called Kami or Camino, and he would be, I think, a good candidate too for the throne. But compared to Kalimba and Alicia, I think uh, at the end of the day, there would be a woman on the throne. Yeah. Shocking, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would also go with Kalimba because she is just the great character to lead all of them. Like, really, I just love her. Um, And then as a fun part, I think Jagger would kind of accidentally 
end up on the throne even if he doesn't want it. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> I would just love it if Brixton just from some fluke ended up just God. like on the throne just like meow. <laughs> no, he would be like, "Yo, what's up, motherfuckers?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. literally. Oh yeah, I would love that. It'd be great. It'd be great. <laughs> Okay, um, who would you like to be stuck in an elevator with? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just choose one person? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> oi, oi. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, on an interesting course, I think it would be great to be stuck with... Belfair and Pietro, uh, not Pietro, Pietro. Um, we would either die in there or uh, <laughs> very quickly, like there's no in between. Um, also, I think we would have this really weird round of like suddenly everyone talks about the deepest, whatever is going on, and like then suddenly we sit down, you know, uh, Pietro takes out his cigarettes. Uh, whatever is going to happen in this elevator, it, like, it's a life-changing moment. Mm. Uh, do I want to be stuck with the hunters in, a, in an elevator? To <laughs> <laughs> be honest, with Jester, Kelligan and Brixton, <laughs> same situation. It's either, like, for some odd reason, I could imagine that the elevator even crashes, like, down or something at some point, and, like, it just bonkers like the hour or however long we're going to be stuck in there is definitely life-changing and i to be honest the person that gets us out is quinn like <laughs> anything quinn is the one that's gonna get us out there or crush um yeah. so no like and most likely it's either brixton or calican that got us stuck there in the first place literally <laughs> mm, uh first i wanted to go with a fun character but on the second hand, I, I'm i going to go, go with a very wild decision. I want to be stuck in the elevator with Icarus. <laughs> <laughs> just That's just the to know thing from Evil. <laughs> what's going to happen. Because I find Icarus such an interesting character. He is deadly and such. Let's just leave that aside. <laughs> it would I think it would be very interesting being stuck with him one-on-one -on -one and just mm. see what happens. I mean, is he going to kill me? Is he going to manipulate me? Is it... I don't think it's going to be the other way around, but <laughs> it's... I think it would be very interesting to have a conversation with him. Rest mm. in personality. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think I would. So this is such textbook obvious Hannah answers, but it's gonna be Killian or Peter, isn't it? It's gonna be one of them because <laughs> I feel like they both make me laugh and like chill me out enough to enjoy it. But also, I feel like we, you know, have some fun times. But also, like <laughs> because if I was stuck with Jagger, I feel like I'd just be like, say something, speak to me, and he'd be like, what do you want me to say? I'm like anything, and he'd be like, okay. I'd be like, no, speak to me. <laughs> Help me. And then he'd just like be doing something to fix it. So he'd probably get out really quickly. But for the hour or so we were stuck in, he just wouldn't talk to me and it would drive me insane. And I'd just be like, and yeah, I think I'd lose my mind. And then with, well, I mean, in my, in my head of how I would 
be in this world. I feel like me and the girls have already got a good enough friendship that we wouldn't need like elevator time to progress. <laughs> <laughs> so like elevator time amazing well that is the end of our lovely lovely games section um and now we come to the end of our wonderful time together and our wonderful episode um but before we completely wrap up um I would normally ask you if you have any uh, podcasts to recommend, but I believe you're uh, you're already working on a, a wonderful podcast, isn't that right? Would you like to talk to us all about it? <laughs> um, yeah, at this moment we can reveal the wonderful Gigi and Sergi podcast, uh, which is our second podcast outside of Ref. Um, it's by the time you hear this, um, there's a couple of episodes out and uh, you definitely can jump in there uh, with anything that you're really interested for. Because the great thing about this podcast is that the essential line is to give people a platform that they feel safe with, that they can speak up for and that they can use to speak their voice when it comes to certain things that are important to them, whether it's the profession they are in. So like acting, uh, film, music, wherever it is, or just, you know, uh, essential things that we want to speak up about in the world uh, when it comes to like environment environmental things like climate uh, climate connected and stuff like that um so you will have a wide range of ready episodes where we also talk about marvel and stuff as an extension to what you might have heard in the podcast already and some german episodes will be in there too Ooh. which is kind of a unique thing because uh yeah we want to they are just certain things where we just have to talk German you know like there's a certain <laughs> naughtiness to it um, and yeah so it's it's a colorful diverse podcast in the sense of um, we're not limited to just one topic let alone uh, we're gonna have a lot of guests lots of different guests some of the guests that you've met in the podcast here already and it's it's an ongoing project, you know, if you listen to that and you feel like you want to say something about your profession and um, or there's a message that you want to have out, send us a message, let us know. Uh, we're always open to have new guests um, and give you the platform that you want to have to speak up about certain things, because I know there are so many podcasts out there, but if like it's time, it's time to to have <laughs> To have that and um, to give people and artists more of a bigger chance to speak up to and um, we don't care if it's you know if you just have 50 followers or 50,000 or if you have signed an Netflix contract or if you haven't if you have bought out of the book or if you're still in the process of writing a book you're a valid person for the art that you're creating so we want to hear from you <laughs> I have nothing to add. <laughs> I, I really thought you did because Abel, your lovely face came up and started nodding and smiling and then no. <laughs> and basically the whole podcast is going to be Gigi talking the whole time, I think, and I'm just going to be like clowning around her. <laughs> <laughs> I already love it. I already love it. 
And I mean, I don't know about other guests, but I know there's going to be one guest on there that I think is pretty amazing. And if you like listening to the host of this podcast, you will like listening to her on GT and Saji. So you should definitely tune in because I think she's amazing. No, it's going to be me. In case you didn't crack the code, I'm the guest on there. I'm so excited. I literally cannot wait. I, honestly, I'm going to talk so much about Captain America. You won't even believe it. <laughs> yeah it's gonna be so fun yeah well I think that wraps everything up Lola Apple thank you so much for joining us this was so much fun I literally have had so much fun this is the best (laughs) um and I cannot wait for series two oh the idea of series two I'm already so excited listeners thank you so much for embarking on this incredible journey with us and I hope we were able to provide a solution for you all please do email us at solutionpinkrev at gmail.com if you'd like to tell us about your favorite characters or talk to us about anything we've discussed in the in the series or if you would like to get involved with us drop us an email I'd love to hear from you that would be amazing um this is it from us for series one but until we meet again for series two don't forget to love hope revolt and subscribe bye solution pink was produced by elsie hamilton and hannah wyman edited by elsie hamilton and the jingle was created by mariana ferreira